cheers to episode 36. Cheers. I don't have anything. No cheering. Water. Wow, soft. Coors Light. Let's <laughs> go, cool, Evan. And Alex, actually, I just said I had first enough. time you've never had like anything. I don't think that's true. I think that's a ten dollar fine from the podcast. I don't think it's that. Either. That's embarrassing. If you don't have good energy for this show, how do you expect people to have good energy to even listen to the show? So if I had a glass of water, I was going to have more energy. Yes. Hydration, baby. If you had Coors Light, you'd be even better. If you had Bush Light, you'd be at your best. Mm. Uh, Today is, tonight is Tuesday, September 7th at 7.25 p.m. And summer is unofficially over, but we have full football back starting this week. So positives and negatives there. We got a little taste of it this last weekend again chop week zero of college football because that didn't really count and you can tell the difference in this week um but before we get into the college football on today's show we're gonna do a little college football um the lions talk top 10 players to wrap out our list is there a thunderstorm going on yes was not prepared for that tonight hopefully we keep power uh if this is a 10 minute podcast you know what happened <laughs> and then we'll finish with more college football previews of this coming week's game for Michigan and Michigan State, as well as the return of Alex's rumor mill segment of the week that he will think of on the fly. He's adamantly shaking his head no, but that is on the show sheet. One will be given to you. <laughs> but before we get into college football, how was everyone's week slash, I guess, basically Labor Day weekend? How was your last weekend of summer? It was good. Football is back. This guy went up north to. Uh, Dude, are you okay, man? Dude, like inject something into your veins right now. I need better energy. You're right went now. to <laughs> Munising, Michigan. Went across the Mackinac Bridge, which Grant told me is a top twenty-five destination in the United States. Crazy! You'd never a think little that. surprising. Yeah, had a good weekend. Didn't do anything like crazy like Evan did. Not nearly as exciting as what Evan's going to break into. So they just, it's not that I'm being down in the dumps and negative. It's just Evan's weekend was cooler. It's really thunderstorming. Um, Dumping. Wow. Uh, I also went up north on the same trip that Alex did. Got to, uh, first time I had seen our good friend Luke in a while. Always a blast to hang out with. I saw him the weekend before. Did I? Yeah. So that was a lie. Oh, fancy's party! Right, right, true. But I didn't get to talk to him that much. I, I wasn't there for that long. I think my takeaways were just again, like we had visited this town before, all of us, even as a group. Up north is just a different way of life. Like things just kind of seem more relaxed up there. Like I don't know, it's just peaceful. You just I don't know if it's the presence of Lake Superior, which, by the way, another reminder of how like aggressive in a force that lake is like when you look at some of the waves crashing in on that lake you think you're like looking at the ocean with how aggressive it is the waves were more aggressive evan this time than last time uh we weren't actually on the water though thank you i don't think you could actually even go out onto the water uh in a safe manner (laughs) i mean there's some serious we're just battling through thunderstorms right now 
And then uh, there was another takeaway I had from it. But, oh, perhaps one of the more demoralizing things in my life happened um, on this trip was sold on going on a five-mile hike around the, like, kind of outer rim of Lake Superior, which is like, okay, okay, sweet. Like, there's some inland parts, but then there's a lot of cool views of the lake. Didn't really keep track of the time or, like, I don't have an Apple Watch. I don't track my health stuff on my phone. I'm just walking, you know. And the weather's okay, thank goodness. It wasn't terrible. Five, we're about a couple hours in, thinking and mentally this whole time, I'm like, okay, like this hike's gonna be over in like 15 minutes. And we are informed by the, so Alex, Luke and I were oblivious and the group of girls we were with inform us that we were actually only halfway through the hike at the five mile mark. 10 miles. That the hike is actually 10 miles. We got swindled. And that we would not, the reason for the lie the egregious lie was that we would not finish the hike if we had no. We would not have gone on the hike if we had known beforehand that it was ten miles. Which I don't. I like to think it's not true. I like to think if you had just told we'll me it's ten miles, you wouldn't want to go. <laughs> that I would go, but I wasn't necessarily like <clears throat> mad in the moment or mad ever. It was just so demoralizing mentally to think that you were done with a hike and that really wrong. Wrong. You're only halfway through. I was pissed. I always was more mad. Integrity means something. <laughs> and it was just thrown out the window. So, yeah, I was pissed about it. Yeah, other than that, but I guess thankfully on the way back, um, there wasn't that much traffic. Like, not life-altering traffic, which I thought there could have been on Labor Day weekend. So, thankfully, that was okay. There was a funny experience in McDonald's with some dad that didn't know how to use, like, the uh, touchscreen menu. Got. It was just cussing up a storm in front of, like, his 10-year-old kid. <laughs> I think his son was uh, swearing also. <laughs> I don't know. It was just, there was an up north McDonald's trip that felt like an out of body experience in the Twilight Zone where I just couldn't really tell what was going on there. Uh, but other than that, it's a great weekend, end of summer. So now that was the, uh, Evan, since you weren't there this time, I was putt putt champion. I redeemed myself. Mm-hmm, Shot a one over 45 <clears throat> 18 holes of the putt putt course. So. <laughs> I lit it up. Yeah, and I think that a big factor in that was raining champ Evan not being there because he just puts the not being there. I don't remember what she shot, so I don't know if that's comparable. Probably twenty nine. Throwing close to that. Wow. Uh, without further ado, Alex already hyped it up, but Evan, you have. Pro- I'm hoping some some a story or two, a tidbit from uh, your trip this weekend. Great, great weekend. We were live. I was live with. Our good friend, Cody Wilkins, who was on this podcast, my golf partner, Drew, and my oldest brother, Hunter. We went to the Northwestern game Friday night, um, had to see it in person, been talked about for a while. Uh, so we showed up, left Friday morning-ish, got there to our hotel, uh, which is outside of Evanston, well, about midday. And then we went down towards Evanston, towards the stadium, and... This stadium where it's located just reminds me 100% of Butler, where like you're just going down side street, side street, just like normal little back uh, back road houses, and all of a sudden, boom, stadium. Nice. And it's like holy cow. Um, there are absolutely like no bars around the stadium, so we were at like one bar, and it was packed. We got there a little bit early than everyone, luckily, 
Um, so we got like a reservation and like we we're able to order drinks freely. Then, you know, I was expecting a little bit better of a stadium. It was nice that we were row 32, but we were basically like row 10 because how close you are to the stadium. Glorified high school stadium. It is a glorified high school. Like there are Texas high school stadiums that are like way bigger than this. I just know for a fact. Um, It's funny because after the game, we were kind of like down near the field. And literally the only thing stopping somebody from like running onto the field is just like a one chain link like rope <laughs> like you could easily just like jump over go underneath it and like get onto the stadium <laughs> the, on the concourse like underneath the stadium where you're like you kind of like oh this is nice this is really cool oh <laughs> terrible yeah it's not they, nice. their food options were horrendous oh no um there were barely any like bathrooms on our side i guess it's like super a lot nicer on like the home side so underneath like the press box area um so they just have like porter potties just like up into the seats as some of their bathroom options for the kind of course yeah it's, it's like, not oh. that nice i would say though uh you took i believe it was you took a picture of a picture of the stadium when you were outside of it and that picture looked really sweet i don't know what it was, it was yeah. like the angle looking up and the lights were shining down that looked like it was like a coliseum or something but then another telltale sign that it's a high school field is that in the back of the end zone there's a hill that players could run up like that's the most high school like low level college feature of a stadium <laughs> of all time yeah so then obviously the first place so we all had our phones up to take a picture of like the stadium right before kickoff and we all literally just put our phones away like if somebody just held it out and recorded everyone's reaction because in our session that we were at it was all michigan state fans it was 95 percent michigan state fans and the oh, oh my god they're so electric everyone's going banana lands in the sand where we were at just screaming jumping from like row to row like you didn't have a row anymore you were basically running up and down the boots just how excited you were <laughs> um and then after that point um this pure domination that was fun um and then like after the game like we just beat northwestern we want to go like party some more so we're like looking up bars no close at 11 close at midnight close at 11 there's not one bar in Evanston that's open it's a nerdy town they are nerds yeah it, it stunk so we, we kind of like, we tried to get into one bar and there was people still inside and there was people drinking outside. And I go up super confidently, just grab the door and try to open it. It was locked. What? Like I almost broke my wrist trying to pull this door. It was locked. I don't know why. I just, and I was like, I think it's locked. And they're like, no way. There's people in there. I was like, no, grab the door. And like, it was locked. And we saw like five people right behind us try to do the same exact thing. So Northwestern after the game, losers. Miami will be a and uh, and on the field losers. <laughs> and on the field losers. Um, Saturday. So now that we didn't go out, we were all ready to like party hard on Saturday. So we went to brunch at the Happy Camper mm. um, Electric Place, one of the coolest bars I think I've ever been to. And we were in Wrigleyville, Wrigley Field, Wrigleyville, Wrigleyville. Wrigleyville. Just outside of Wrigley Field, it was about a two-minute walk to the stadium. Super nice, super expensive. You know, did brunch, and everywhere you look, I mean, you look just turn your head. Hey, there's a pretty girl. Hey, there's a pretty girl. Hey, there's a pretty girl. It's like, hey, how are you? Hey, how are you? I mean, Chicago's just a one. Dude, this bar looks awesome. It's like, did you guys sit outside? We sat 
in the uh, no happy camp. We sat on the second floor. Um, oh. It has retractable like windows and has retractable roof. Like at one point, they just pulled back, they pushed a button and pulled back the roof. It's like part of the bar. This looks fun- like a phenomenal atmosphere to like get drunk in the middle of the day. I'm sorry. So we got. So we got like spiked coffee and got Bloody Mary. They got a mimosa. And then we, we saw these on the menu it says big lemonade and it's 32 ounce lemonade. <laughs> and we were all probably tipsy leaving that place. And then we go into Wrigley Field and start just ordering beers. And it was great. Game was great. Fantastic. Got some merch. One on a walk off. Wrigley Field is so nice. I was expecting a little bit like Northwestern, but the concourse so beautiful. Wrigley Field so nice. And then Wilkins can tell the story next time you see him. But there's a uh, drunk Evan paying for an Uber with cash on, on the street. Yeah, just just alpha people, you know. Uh, we, so we're walking trying to find an Uber that Drew paid for, and they parked like. 15 blocks away from the stadium. Oh. They wouldn't get close for some reason. So we start walking. Obviously, we don't get there in like the five, 10 minute window to like get to the Uber. So we passed this Uber already and he like asked us, like, hey, are you looking for a ride? I'm like, no, our Uber's up here. And the Drew was like, yeah, it's canceled. I instantly turn around, just go up to this Uber and hand him $50 cash. And I was like, can you take us? He's like, where are you going? I said, take us to the beam. He said, hop in. <laughs> Oh my God. No reservation. Don't know anybody's name. Still nothing. Just fifty dollars cash, and he took us. He's like, "Yeah, go ahead." That is shocking coming from you. You had to be feeling Shut yourself. Up. I mean, I was, I was probably fifteen drinks in at this point, so it didn't really matter. No. How was the? Uh, was that when the vid- I saw your Snapchat? Where you were just like fist bumping in the back of the Uber? Was that post that interaction? That was that was post reaction. That was the Uber that we were at. <laughs> You did Snapchat me and tell you, tell me that. Evan so must be having oh, a good yeah. time. How was the I bean? About that. Was yeah. the bean? How was the what? How was the bean drunk? Like <laughs> you're just like, there's the bean. <laughs> uh, you know, I, I wanted to see it because you know, everybody wanted to, and Hunter was like, "No, this is stupid." Um, but we went. Shout out whoever the girl that took our pictures at the bean. Like I'm all there, like just trying to smile, and she's like moving around. You know, getting different angles, and I was like, "Where do I stand? Like, how do I stand? How do I smile?" And we get these pictures back, and these pictures are flawless. She was getting every right angle. And I was like, "Oh my gosh, she deserves another award!" Because I had no idea what I was doing. I felt so awkward. I was like, "Am I supposed to move with her?" But great pictures. And then we went to the pizza place. I don't even know the name of it. Did it start with an L? Uh, yes, Blue Malnati's. Yep, there you go. Oh, Evan, that went pizza. Two, diff, two different locations there. So went to one like super busy and it was like an hour, 45 minute wait. I put my name in. We left and we were going to the other location. So on our, our way to the other location, Drew was like, hey, we passed a bar called the Highland. We should go like go in there and have a couple of drinks while we're waiting for a reservation at the second location. It was only like an hour away. We're like, yeah, sure, whatever. So we walk into the Highland and I'm looking through like the glass windows and doors. It is all Georgia flags. And I was like, oh, you know, it's a Georgia. We walk in. It is 110%. Every single person in this bar is wearing Georgia gear. And it's a completely Georgia bar. Wow. That's the, the talent walking in that bar. I like, knew that's I, where I, that was going to go. Belong. We don't belong. <laughs> That's where it was going to go. We don't belong. And the first person that like talks to us 
was like, oh, you guys from here? You guys, like, you know, oh, we go to Michigan State. She's like, oh, my gosh, I graduated from Michigan State. <laughs> what? And then, yeah. And she, like, starts talking to Cody. And next thing you know, she's like, oh, yeah, you know, I'm here hanging out. Um, to, I, I know a friend that used to play at Georgia. And we're like, oh, that, that's Cody's like, oh, that's cool. Who is it? Like, oh, he plays linebacker for the Bears now. Roquan Smith? And she's like, yeah. And Cody's like, no, you're lying. She pulls up a text message and proves it's Roquan Smith. She goes off and goes to him. He is literally sitting around on the other side of the bar watching this game. <laughs> Roquan Smith is like 20 feet from us. What like, when you God. go to the bathroom, you just pass him. And he's like a normal dude just sitting there. What did he like, look like in a bar, like around other average people? You know, it's kind of hard not to stare, but he is just like, uh, just ripped. You could definitely tell he's like an athlete because he is a freakish big dude, and everybody in there like are like college kids. What does Rokon Smith wear like a Georgia bar on a game day? Is he wearing a polo like like SEC schools do, or no? He's like he just wore like. Normal. He didn't wear anything Georgia. Like he just kind of wore like normal casual clothes. I love that flex. Doesn't even have to wear Georgia stuff because he's Roquan no. Smith. <laughs> um, Coached by too much, so. Recruited by Mel Tucker. Yeah. Oh. Yep. Um, it, that was just crazy. And then, you know, we're, there was nowhere to sit. So we're just standing remotely and we got some sweet alumni gear because the alumni table is right behind us and they were just handing out free stuff and of course we were taking it um Georgia so never alone. bark alone shout out never bark alone um i guess that's their like motto never like, bark alone stuff. <laughs> never bar- hold on give me a second that's so corny they still have from liverpool though i, I think liverpool never walk alone wait show me again sorry i got a koozie it says never bark alone <laughs> Um, so the Georgia bar was super cool. Pizza, we went back, got pizza, was phenomenal. I was expecting, actually for Chicago style, I was expecting a little bit more sauce. What'd you, so, what'd you, you order? Know, a little underrated. We just got a typical, you know, Hunter was told this is the typical Chicago pizza you get. Your regular sausage pizza. That is the same. dish, you know, Chicago style sausage. A little fun. Um, it was quality. Is... Um, the garlic bread and sauce beforehand was phenomenal. So... <laughs> A fun fact about Malnati's is that's like my mom and dad are obsessed with that. My mom grew up in Chicago for a little bit. She claims to this day she saw Walter Payton in person at one of the Lou Malnati's. Did not ask for his autograph. Was too scared. But yeah, they we ordered that stuff like frozen for like every holiday. And I know what you're saying about the sauce. Like they put the sauce on top. It's kind of a weird little design. And I like it. Yeah, and the sausage is pretty good too. Like it, it's, it's it's the thing is like I mean, how many slices did you eat? Because it's it's filling. <laughs> um, I think I ate one and a half slices. Yeah, it's like that's like the equivalent of like probably like four regular slices of pizza. Yeah, it's thick, and they take forever. So to solid. Make it. Yeah, it, I think we like reservations on her phone. So I like went up there, and then she was like, "Oh, your reservation." I don't think she even had my name on her list anymore. So we had to sit outside. Um, wasn't bad. It was nice. Um, went back to Highland, had a couple more drinks. And then as soon as the game left, everyone kind of just left the bar. So it was like completely empty. But I think like central time zone, so like Chicago time zone, I think it's a superior time zone. Like everything starts just like an hour early. It's not too extreme. It's just like kickoff, you know, it's 11 a.m. 
Like we're eating brunch and like Michigan games kicking off. It's like perfect. I think it's perfect. That does sound nice. Especially like the end of the night too. Like it's not too late when a game wraps up. Yeah. Um, Drew was battling on Saturday. <laughs> battling on the car ride home. Oh no. <laughs> oh, it was it was kind of funny. Like we stopped, we had a charge um in the Tessie. And then on the way home, like we were just in direct sunlight for a drive for there for a while. And the Tesla was battling to keep it cool. And I don't think like I was getting warm in the front seat and I had, it was on full blast and like the car wasn't cool. And I think Drew was just like baking in the back, just super hungover. And he was battling, um, took like a good power nap and then he rallied and I was surprised. Wow. How long is, um, the Tesla charge? Like do you have to wait a long time or is it not that bad? No, it charges pretty fast. I guess well, from what Cody and Drew tell me, um, it takes quicker to charge from like when it's from like twenty to eighty than it does, or twenty to ninety than it does like ninety to one hundred. Because I guess you're not supposed to be like completely like hundred percent charge the Tesla from like ninety to one hundred. I don't know to withstand the battery life. What a fancy piece of technology! No, because I didn't know how long it took to charge, and like we stopped on the way to Chicago and got lunch in. On the west side of Michigan, and we're eating, and we like finished. And I was like, "Oh, is it done charging?" Like, yeah, it's been dar- charging for like ten minutes. And I was like, "Oh, wow, shit!" So overall, you'd recommend Chicago as a city. Maybe not give your full recommendation behind Ryan Field. <sighs> yes, hundred percent Chicago. Ten out of ten. Go downtown. Go bar hopping. Ryan Field. Eh, I rate Ryan Field a six and a half out of ten. And that six and a half is hundred percent totally because you're super close to the field. And they won. And we won. They have a nice scoreboard. Um, Interesting. <laughs> tailgating spots are lame. So, well, we'll have to compare that to. How, I don't think there's going to be how Miami wind, winds up for <laughs> for that. Um, eight days, boys. Eight days. Wow, we don't have tickets. Fast. We should ride. We will do that soon. Oh, shout out us. <laughs> Last minute. Um, Okay, so let's move into some nitty-gritty here for college football of our two specific teams. And then maybe some brief like national thoughts, you know, because I think we did feedback once and people do care, surprisingly, what we think about the national landscape of things. We'll start off with the Michigan versus North or not Northwestern, Michigan versus Western Michigan game. Uh, Michigan won that game 47 to 14. Evan was one for one in that game on his announcer prediction. Um, so it just absolutely nailed it. I think, I mean, for me, I watched the first half in full. So this is the transparency part. Watched the first half in full. Did not see a lick of the second half. Watched back the game highlights just to kind of see what happened there in the second half. It was kind of a slow start for for Michigan, I thought. I mean, I, w- I was a little like, okay, like how's this going to look? A little nervous there like in the first quarter. Like didn't think things were going amazing out of the gate, but this is your first game. Um, I just have like a just rapid bullet points here because obviously it's a Western Michigan opener. There was Cade McNamara on the lighter side did not wear a glove on his throwing hand, which is just a sweaty Michigan football fan thing because like he wore one last year in like every game. So I was just surprised to see what that change was where, and I've seen him wear it in practice this year, just didn't wear a glove, kind of weird. Hope he doesn't can ever wear a glove again because it's a weird look. I liked our bubble screen play calling. That is something we've talked about on last week's show about how you guys use your athletes in space and not just run things up the gut. Although there was plenty of running up the gut and getting stuffed, especially there in the first quarter. Blake Corum 
very impressive to me. The eye test kind of passed. You know, he I knew he was a quick guy from last year, but he didn't get to play that much. Um, he's very shifty. I just wrote shifty like three times. And I think Michigan does truly have a 1A and 1B split between running backs. Like, I don't think it's a 1 and 2. I think it's 1A, 1B, which is kind of a cop-out because I guess 1B technically, I don't know, is the second guy. But they're, they're, it's a good mix because Haskins is your power back we saw. Back to where the quarterback play, Cade, he looks solid. Uh, small sample size, only threw 11 passes, completed nine of them. The thing that I do want to get excited about, I'll let myself get excited about, is that the deep ball he threw to Ronnie Bell was, to me, impressive. And I know like college quarterbacks make that throw every weekend, but that is a ball that hasn't really existed from a Michigan quarterback, I don't think, in like several years. Like They don't really ever connect on great deep balls. It's always overthrown, in my experience, or underthrown. I mean, I think... One I can think of that Shea made was in the Michigan State game with DPJ, but he also had to break a tackle kind of because it wasn't perfectly placed. Like it really was dropped in Ronnie Bell's bucket and it wasn't really a broken tackle. It was like the defender just diving one last chance to get him and he missed. So that was encouraging. And it's something I didn't actually, I mean, I, I guess I had like egg on my face, that expression from last week's show because I said Ronnie Bell's not a vertical threat at all and he did that. So that was impressive. Now, obviously, the main. Um, subtraction from the game is that Ronnie Bell is done for the season. That is just one injury that hurts the team and also sucks, especially because he was captain. And I was doing some reading that he do- he will have eligibility to- eligibility left just because of COVID and he'll probably get a medical rest shirt. So we'll see if he comes back. I mean, could be one of those guys where he's like 25 or 26 when he ends college. I'm guessing just, I, have, I don't actually know what, how old he is now, but that just feels right. He's been around for so long. I think that would be a little old. Okay. Little old. Confirmed a little old by Alex. That's okay. We'll see if he comes back. I, I would like him to come back, but I would understand if he wanted to like test and at some point, yeah, he's only twenty one. Some point you'll get tired of college. But I guess it'd be two more years after that, so he could be twenty four. Um, so we'll see. The question then from the receiving course, who steps up in his absence? We saw immediately that Roman Wilson came in the game to kind of fill in there. Now here's some interesting things about what it could be in the future is Dalen Baldwin. We saw him have a big touchdown play towards the end of the game. Now he, I believe was supposed to be another starting outside wide receiver, but he's been battling through a minor ankle injury and they did not want to really play him in this game, but they did, which is weird because they didn't have to. I think they're like, we're winning by so much that we'll just like get him on field and see how it feels basically. And it looked good, obviously on, on that play. So I think we'll see a lot of him and that's why you bring in a transfer like that. And then my only other really thought was that the freshman of Edwards and McCarthy looked solid to me. Edwards had six carries for 27 yards, so right under five yards a carry. And he made some impre- like good-looking cuts, I think, when the initial hole of the uh, block scheme was, was filled. Like he almost something that I wouldn't expect a freshman to do. Just kind of wasn't sped up by the game, stopped and right before the hole, made a cut to the other side and, and picked up positive yards. I do think we back to the wide receivers real quick for offense is that they need to kind of figure out who the leaders of that group are going to be now because nine people caught passes. And although you can have more of a committee at the wideout, similar to my thoughts on the running back situation, like you kind of want to have a couple guys, like three solid guys who are commanding most of the targets. So we'll see how that shapes out. And Eric, Eric all caught a pass on third down, a very, very huge step for him. 
kind of being sarcastic there, but he dropped passes like that all the time last year and he caught it. So nice. Any observations on your guys' side from the Michigan versus Western game? I would say poor went out for Ronnie Bell. Yeah. Never wish an injury upon anyone, even the opposing school. So that sucks. Feel bad for him. The classic like big cat tweet that he makes sounds like as a blank fan, I'm devastated by that injury. Yep. I thought Quorum was better than Haskins. I think maybe he'll be the number one running back, but doesn't look like you're going to be a bell cow team anyways. Kind of discussed that last week. I thought Cade was okay. Nothing flashy, nothing bad, no turnovers. Mm-hmm. Big big factor that I forgot to say. Yeah, no turnovers. Let's keep that going as long as possible. And then I thought the defense started slow, but as the game went on, they, they kind of figured it out. Started to learn. You could tell they're learning the defense, but it looked like they had a pretty solid grasp on it for week one. So I think that's good. They looked good. And I, I don't like Michigan, but they looked good. They also played Western, so take it with a grain of salt. Were uh, Garrett or Carey upset by the game? No. No, not at all. They don't really care. Michigan State fans. <laughs> um, watch, I think, like the first half, like you guys did. Uh, Getting his buzz on it. Uh, what was it, Bart? Yeah. Happy Camper? Happy Camper. Um, you know, I, it's kind of just like a typical opening game for Michigan. Not too flashy. You know, I can show a lot. They ran the ball a little bit better, um, but it is Western, so take it with a grain of salt. I guess, you know, Corum looks good. Haskins looks decent, but I don't think you guys vertically challenge besides like a couple big plays. Like down the field, there's a lot of more sideways stuff. Um, you know, quick passes out to the left and the right, and like there's a couple dump downs, um, which isn't going to hurt, but obviously when you get later on, it also could be the first game. So I'm nothing too worried about. Offense kind of looked better. Like they're, it's just like, Gut feeling like they kind of know what they're expecting from the offense now. Like there's no question marks about it. They're not too worried about it. Um, and I think it's kind of where Gaddis and Harbaugh kind of trust McNair just to be a game manager where they're not going to ask him to do a lot. Because um, like you said, he only had to throw the ball 11 times, which first game against Western, not, nothing hurt. And I guess defense aside, not too much to show, I guess. My only thing is that you only generated one sack, but that's also a lot of credit to Western. You know, they kind of get rid of the ball quick. Other than that, you know, Thorne had one good run too on the kick return. Yeah, the return so, game was nice. It did result in the injury, but had a good power return and a good kick return. So all three units, solid. Yeah, so solid performance. I think that now I'm going to say this as an unbiased, you know, college football reporter. Of course. Michigan fans should not be asking for J.J. McCarthy to play when he's in versus backups versus Western has one good throw. You should okay. not be like, oh, see what he can do, see what he can do. Say like he's in backups, and, like, Michigan's backups are way better than Western's backups. Like, that defensive back for Western just stopped and stared at the ball while it was going over his head. Like, that was, like a, backyard. That was a backyard football play as it gets. Edwards had six carries for 27. His longest run was nine, so kind of limited there. But, I mean, he was third on the team in carries. So, but I think you have two decent, like Alex said, I think Holmes should probably be the starter next week. We'll see if that happens. 
Other than that, I think you stick with McNamara because he didn't do anything wrong. Had a QBR of 89.9, so basically 90. Two touchdowns, and like you said, Grant, no turnovers. Solid performance. Um, only briefly here because I didn't really talk about defense at all. I just wrote in all caps, stand-up edge rushers, baby. We saw him. It just looks <laughs> sweet. Hutchinson did make a couple from that position, made a couple because he's the guy I was focused on the most. He made a couple moves. Um, one led to the sack, and I couldn't – two led to, like, QB hits and knockdowns. Like you said, they get the ball out fast. And credit to that – Western quarterback, he made a couple sweet throws with Hutchinson right in his face. Daxton Hills is just a grown man. I think I didn't really realize that, like, because he's a safety and he his build is not like a jacked build. Like, a um, who's the guy? Who was the guy for the Seahawks all those years? That was the boomer in, in the secondary. Cam Chancellor. Cam Chancellor, yeah. Or even the other guy that played for the Ravens after. Uh, doesn't matter. Cam Chancellor. Thomas. Like, me Earl Thomas. Earl Thomas. Yeah. Not like like I never pictured him as one of those guys. He's a little skinnier. But there's like a play where um Western ran a either it was either a screen or a handoff that was supposed to get to the edge. And like just one of those classic perimeter plays. And Daxon Hill just blew up the receiver trying to block him like two three yards backwards, almost into the player, and then got off of said block and then made a tackle himself. I was like, wow, that guy is a grown man at the safety position and also has great cover skills. So I think using him on blitzing uh, line up against the team's best, like interior guy. Like I think he could check a tight end in the big 10 if he has to, like they need to use him in every way possible, which I think they're going to, I mean, it's pretty much it. I mean, Vincent Gray made a good tackle to start. Good to see his confidence. He did kind of get a little lucky on one deep ball that could have been caught. He kind of whiffed on the swipe over. I think what I'm realizing from Michigan's defense, it's going to be a lot of bend, don't break, which is going to be adjustment for me. Because, I, you know, when you see a seven-yard completion on, like, a hitch route, you're just kind of mad. Like, why are you giving them so much space? But you have to remember it's also you don't get beat over the top like you did time and time again last year. And that's just the trade-off I think we have to take. Now – Besides any like actual game analysis, that ref that called the offensive pass interference on Ronnie Bell's catch is such a loser and probably has never had fun in his life. He probably drinks O'Doul's and colors for fun when he's not roughing games in a coloring book on the weekends. Like that guy is just the biggest stick in the mud for calling that. It was actually one of the greatest catches I've ever seen because the way it just like stuck in his hand and then he wrapped it around. And then also as he was running first up out of bounds, the ball hit like a Western Michigan coach's like hat, like on the wraparound and he still held onto it through his hand. I mean, it's top five like catch I've ever seen in person where it's like, I can't believe it didn't touch any part of his body except for that right hand. And we just took it away for like nothing. So, and also shout out Arlovsky for just his call was so like adamant. He's like, they're going to call offensive pass interference on this. And I do not like it. <laughs> it was just the most matter of, oh, I just spit all over my computer screen. That's disgusting. Um, but it was the most matter of fact, disagree with the call. I've, I've heard really from an announcer and I enjoyed it. Also, Evan, super lucky. Uh, as bad as Ryanfield was, you did not have to listen to Beth Mullins. She was, you could tell it was her first game of the season as well. She had some numbers that were wrong and just, I don't know about you, Alex. It felt like she was struggling to finish sentences the whole night. She couldn't talk. <laughs> I mean, that's being nice. And the analyst was awful as well. She was terrible. Like, it was te- it was unbearable. It was a bad crew. <laughs> um, Good to hear. Good to hear. Uh, the color commentator at one point in the third quarter, I think we had 28 points at that point. He was like, you know, Michigan State really hasn't put a drive together yet in the game, so it would be interesting to see if they can do it here. I was like, buddy, 
<laughs> watching this game or not. Yeah, but as we transition to Michigan State here, for both of our teams, it stinks that uh, neither of us have cracked the top 25. So when you go on ESPN, you are not – we are both still not in that beautiful top 25 filter. You have to filter to Big Ten, and that's just going to annoy me for another week. So hopefully we can get our way into the top 25. Uh, now, yes, Michigan State versus Northwestern on Friday night. 38-21 Michigan State win. Uh, I will, I'm wearing my hat backwards, but a tip of the cap to Alex for calling the score pretty pretty close there. I don't know. Yeah, what'd you guess? How what'd close you, it was. was it 30? I guess like a 7. 35-14. So I think that was, it wasn't that high. Was it? Yeah. But I, well, pretty much right. Within four points. Because it was like the feel of the game was a, was what you predicted. And I, I know Evan and I were like, I don't know if it's going to be like that crazy. You guys actually laughed. Fr- I did. I laughed out loud. Yeah. And my eyes I got did. big. Well, and I think Evan said like, it's, a, it's a good pick because it's your pick. And that's all that matters. <laughs> um, it was a pretty dominating win. I will tee you guys up. You can start wherever you'd like. Evan mentioned it. Kenneth Walker, transfer running back. Evan, I just want to say, last week you said – you thought Kenneth was going to be a third down, like pass catching guy. Alex, I said I, we would see him out there, but I said don't be shocked if he splits some time. Like I expect him, he would be a third down back, but he would get some time at first and second down. That is a complete lie because now we have the bell cow and we aren't challengers. Yeah, so that just didn't happen at all. Kenneth but it also helps that he like feed the hot hand, and when you have the hot hand after the first play, you're going to obviously feed that for a while. Also, if you're just like the best running back in the game of all time, <laughs> and one of the better running backs in the Big Ten, and maybe country, yeah, I mean it makes a lot of sense that he's going to be a bell cow for us. I saw that Elijah Collins had a hurt ankle during the week, and so that's maybe why we didn't see him play at all. But anyways, back to what I was going to say. So Kenneth Walker, transfer, man, thought um, he sparked a running game, obviously. 264 yards rushing, four touchdowns. Sheesh. You haven't seen that since uh, Le'Veon Bell did it to uh, your backup team, the Gophers. Or uh, Grant's Road to Glory players in 2008 college football games. Yes. So obviously the run game was, was good. Offensive line was better. It's hard to know how good they were with Kenneth making all those plays. I don't really know. I think Kenneth gives them a boost, if anything. So, but I thought they were improved. Peyton Thorne was the starter. I think that was yeah. Evan and I both said he wouldn't be, but he was, and I think that's good for uh, the development of the program and moving forward. He's only a sophomore. I phoned and called Coach Tucker actually after that podcast and told him go with the guy Thorne uh, because that's my guy. Yeah. He uh, didn't do anything flashy, made some good throws, no turnovers, similar performance to uh, McNamara, except uh, he didn't hit any deep balls. He missed one to Jalen Naylor. I thought that he should have hit. Other than that, he was solid. And he had uh, like 40-something yards rushing, I think. So Was his deepest throw basically that grab by Mosley? He threw one deep ball to Naylor that missed. But he, he didn't really deepest throw. completed. I think he had one to Jaden Reed that was like 30-ish yards. Was that when Reed lost a dude? No, he had a different one later oh. in the game. But shout-out Mosley for that catch. Uh, Shot Michigan Sports NIL sponsored. Yeah, athlete. great grab. Loves his podcast. So line. should you. <laughs> Uh, so I thought the offense looked good, especially since we've had an anemic offense for six years. 
I might be exaggerating on the six years part, but about like it. A few years at least. Defensively, uh, there were like 45,000 dudes that played. I think everyone that dressed that plays defense got on the field. So that was good, except I couldn't really tell who was doing what. The defensive line changed like a lot of times. A lot of different guys were in there. Walk-ons were in there. They might be scholarship players now, but former walk-ons. Uh, I thought the main guy that I was focused on on defense, Quavaris or Quavaris Crouch. He uh, he runs around like a madman. He's just like full sprint every play. So much so that he was getting tired and had to like go to the bench and take a couple plays off. So hopefully he gets in better shape if he's going to be hitting 22 miles per hour every play. Had a sack, so that was good. thought the defensive line wasn't as good, I guess, as I was hoping. They didn't generate a ton of pressure, just the front four. They did have some sacks. I think they had three sacks in the game, but they were all blitzes. And then the last takeaway for me was he pumped his tires quite a bit. Uh, Ronald Williams, the Alabama transfer, did not have a fantastic game. Kind of got burned a couple times by the grad transfer all-Big 12 receiver from Kansas. Uh, he uh, torched him a couple times. Made some. He had a decent coverage on a couple of them, but he didn't look as good as I was hoping. Looked a little s- slower. I'm assuming he'll get better, though, so not worried. And then Chester Kimbrough played three snaps. Really? So that was a little surprising. Kalen Gervin seems to have locked down the, the other corner spot and uh, Dowell and the nickel. So Shout out my guy Marquis on special teams. I see you. Yeah, Marquis. They they put that guy on uh, on the camera quite a bit. It's his hair. It just stands Ooh. out. And then also Ooh. Mel Tucker's just <laughs> sweet. He just radiates confidence. Awesome dude, and he was sweating bad, but you know it's the bald head. Uh, it did rain at Northwestern there for oh. about ten minutes, so it could have well, been maybe rain. that was it. something he couldn't see on television. And his locker room dance yeah. was pretty cool. Uh, that's been circling the web today. That locker room dance that came out today, I think Michigan State fans needed that. We all already have balloon heads, like every single one of us. Um, yeah, I would say pump the brakes adds to it. <laughs> so it was Northwestern. Um, True, it was Northwestern. Northwestern's so quarterback is so turning a lot. He had a drive they went 11 for 11. Right? I know, it's crazy. <laughs> but yeah, he's not very um, good. Andrew Maxwell 2.0. I thought Hunter Johnson would actually struggle, but he looks way better than he played two years ago. So shout out him. Um, you know, it's the typical, they can't run the ball. They had 117 rushing yards, but 49 came on one play. So Start of the second half, correct? Yes, and that was when it was 28 is it 28? Feels right. 21. They seven. were like dry. Oh, like 21. The first play, and then you're like all the Michigan State fans, like the wind got knocked out of them. Then they missed a field goal. Shout out Cody Wilkins. Each one of those field goals, he called that he predicted that they were going to miss, and they instantly did. So there's some juju there. The kicker was um, bad. I thought Kubander. Thorne looked pretty good. Um, for He didn't have to throw the ball that many times when you rush the ball for 326 yards on 37 carries. But I did like form like in person. He did stand in the pocket and deliver some throws. Yeah, they're not like great throws or whatever, but he didn't have happy feet as a young quarterback. Um, and he knew what he had to do. I think it's improvement from last year. And in the stadium, you heard Michigan State fans screaming, get rid of it. And he threw it right in time. So I think that's typical after him. He did throw a couple good ones, some bad ones, like an easy dump down to uh, Naylor. 
it was a flat route and he decided to turn into Andrew Maxwell and throw it hundred miles per hour when he was two yards away from him. Right. Um, Happens. There was a couple of other ones that he missed. Um, but overall, I think he played well. Obviously, Kenneth Walker, I don't have to say much about him. He played great. We'd like to see our backup running backs like kind of complement Walker a little bit better. Because obviously, Walker can't play every single snap. And when they got in there... Can he, though? You know, Simmons... Simmons did have a touchdown. <laughs> Simmons did... It was on screen pass, but Simmons had five carries for 10 yards, so nothing there. And Joyner was the third down back, or was the third back, excuse me. He had three carries for 12 yards. And he got popped on one. I'm not saying what star getting anymore because I don't know from what the Big Ten game is. If you watched the Monday night game last night, everything was a targeting. So I'm just saying he fumbled, whatever. Receivers look decent. Mosley stepped up. He's our third receiver. We talked about that last podcast. Um, like to see Jalen Naylor get a couple more touches besides two. And then obviously I want to see a tight end catch a pass. Connor Hayward is like that tight end flex option, but not one single tight end caught a pass. Um, so Hunt was out there majority of the time, but like Gilson and like the rest of our backups, you didn't really see him that often. Because if we were running two tight ends, it'd kind of be Hunt and then Hayward lined up as a wing. I, I don't mind Hayward at tight end. I just don't like him at running back. So beneficial. He looks good at tight end, uh, honestly. It, it, that's his spot. You he know, blocked well defensively, and passes. Defensively from when we're watching it live, I think our nickel, that nickel drop down safety is one that stands out the most because it seems a lot of times we're not throwing the ball. Northwestern, I mean, Northwestern threw the ball 43 times. Mm-hmm. So that guy is kind of making the most plays on the wide side of the field. So that's gross. Dowell was in that spot. And Darius Snow was a young kid that we talked about. Um, He was in that spot too. I think those three kids stood out a lot. Um, Shout out my boy, Cal Holiday, who I was absolutely just bashing on this podcast last episode. He started and he graded out great. He was number 10 overall in uh, pro football focus. 10th best linebacker from this weekend, and he graded out number one pro football focus on Michigan State's defense. So it's absolutely crazy that I was bashing him, and um, he's her starting starting Will linebacker. Get that guy some gloves. Shout out Evan for uh, bringing that up, because that was going to be like one of my main takeaways as a Michigan fan, like say his name, the guy that uh, you two were just like, as much <laughs> as we laughed at uh, – what, what, what did we laugh at? Like, oh, Alex's prediction. You guys equally laughed at like when Cal Halliday. Because, yeah, but Evan, no way. Evan's like, oh, there might be some smoke. I've heard Cal Halliday. Is it Halliday or Halliday? Halliday. Halliday might start. So he did kind of know. And Alex was like, yeah, special teams. I was stunned. <laughs> no and Evan's gloss, report no about nothing. how look, you think you're more athletic than, than him. Like, yeah. You look at that guy and you're like, no swag. Like, he what's needs he doing? Something. He needs to put on something else other than just his pads and jersey. <laughs> he looks, he just looks like Bobby Boucher. But there's a clip going around today, probably through Michigan State Twitter, that like of a play that Northwestern has perfectly blocked a little like a uh, play to the r- outside to the right. And he just blows up this pulling lineman like three yards back into the ball carrier and just knocks him down. He just hits hard. <laughs> like, could have saved touchdown. It's just unbelievable, that kid. <laughs> Shout out in, honestly. Yeah, so there's not too many complaints. Obviously, I think the biggest complaint is the pass rush is our front four. But I'm always the kind of guy where I'd rather have the defensive line be able to stop the run in almost every single given situation. 
than like be able to generate pass rush every single play. Because it's like kind of give or take. If you're generating a pass rush, then obviously the guys are like working upfield, but I'd rather have gap integrity, stuff the line and make them one dimensional. That's my kind of takeaway from it. Um, we did, like Alex said, we did get a couple pressures with some blitzes. Good to see Crouch almost force a fumble, just a mad hammer down on the ball. Um, it looked like a fumble in the stadium, but obviously it wasn't. Um, and then Henderson had a sack too. And I think Xavier Henderson should have been our defense player of the week. He played really well. So good to see like the senior level. And other than that, I have no complaints. The things I kind of noticed were that I wrote about Kenneth Walker specifically. Like it's almost like easy just to throw out his yards and stuff that, that speaks for themselves. But his like combination of he's kind of uh, – He's built like a power back. You know, he's got like muscles on top of muscles on his traps. But like his burst of speed and also his vision, like that, those two things impress me more. Like little hot cuts is what I like to call them. I don't know if it's an official football term, but I'm, I call them hot cuts. You take the hand off, you look at the hole, and instead of like being a slow moving cut, it's almost like a little jump, little, little jump side to side, and then you go your next way. Like he had a couple runs where he, it could have been like an inside kind of, zone play to the right and he made it like a left outside zone like based on the hop cut and what he saw and so his peripherals must be bananas to be able to see that uh that was very impressive like you guys kind of said i'm not exact well i, I guess you said you, you liked it his performance and i agree the intermediate balls were nice i'm still not exactly sure what to think about peyton thorne just yet he's not in like i fear him category when playing against him i i Kenneth Walker is in fear territory now. Uh, I would say like that is probably the position group, assuming that, you know, we'll see what they do with with more reps throughout the season. But like that's like well, that position group you have to really game plan for. Um, and like Alex said, I'll add on that. I think MSU's DBs on defense probably need the most work. I guess some of them though, like, like maybe Ronald Williams. But I do see the point, again, the defensive line thing where if they're getting more pressure, it helps everyone out. The safety play of Michigan State seemed to be very solid. So I guess my overall question that, that at least I was answering in my brain, my opinion through one game is, do we know if this MSU team is top four Big Ten East good yet? I say no, we do not. We still need to see more. But are they better than last year? And that is unequivocally yes to that question. This is a better football team than was put out there last year. I don't know if they're top four Big Ten East good yet, which would be a great goal for them to to get to by the end of the season. And then my silly observation is just like, who, when in the linebacker room, everyone's was like, yep, let's all wear neck collars. Because that is like every single linebacker had neck collars on. <laughs> Unbelievable. Kind of sweet. Uh, yeah, yes. Except for Ben Van Summer, that loser. Played all right. Yeah, will he play like four snaps? I think he played like 14. I read the snap count the other day of every single player. Jeez. <laughs> Sweaty. Yeah. Um, does anyone have any other final thoughts for me there? Uh, my last point was based off of yours, Kenneth Walker. He had 206 yards after yeah. first contact. Point. And, uh, yeah, as an unbiased national report, he got snubbed on some, like, player of the week awards. He did get some, but, I mean, I don't – how many more performances were that impressive? Uh, none. In really college football. It's the most rushing yards in an opening game in college football in seven years. As, as uh, Coach Romano used to say, our high school coach, start fast, stay fast, win the game or win the day. And you, it's hard to start faster than he did. Yeah. Um, briefly here, we don't spend too much time because, again, we're shot at Michigan sports. But any, I mean, other college football takeaways from the weekend, 
you can just take a moment. Like it's so amazing to have fans back. I just miss them. I love them. I love everything about them. I just want to hug all of them. Say thank you. Thank everyone for getting back to this point. It's just a different, different atmosphere and makes me think last year was even more of an anomaly. I think my call about OSU potentially being vulnerable looks good tracking that. It looks good through week one. We'll see how that progresses throughout the year. But I am not sold on CJ Stroud. Uh, that is an unbiased national reporter opinion. Yes, they made big plays. Uh, yes, they're going to make big plays. But he had one of the worst half, first halves of football I've I've seen from someone. But again, it was raining first game and a rowdy atmosphere on a Thursday night. So he will get better. I know I'm not dumb, but I still think they're more vulnerable than like say last year or the year before. And that I'm comfortable saying. My only takeaway from the weekend was fans. <laughs> yeah. Florida State, that was sweet. Yeah, it's just cool having fans back. And then the Clemson-Georgia game, I can safely say I Most only like, briefly watched. I didn't get to see a whole lot of football this weekend due to uh, a mile being hike. up north and a 10-mile hike. So I can't speak too much to the actual games. But I saw all the highlights. You, uh, I apologize to you, Alex. I told you Wisconsin was going to blow the doors off of Penn State. They yeah. did not. I said that Penn State would win that game. No one wanted to listen to me, and they did win the game. So once again, on my predictions, shout out me. I was really good. Indiana might be ha- might have had a Cinderella season. They're going to be back. Good. Good. No one likes Tom Allen. <laughs> um, it's Alabama show, and everybody's just playing for second. Great point. That's also um, a good point. Oklahoma's defense still is shaky. No matter how much talent you have on there, they don't have defense alignment, so they can't do anything much. Tulane has the coolest um, uniforms in college football. What? No. Yeah, they're up there. Oh, let's see. And there's like some big teams that like came out and it's like the first game duds. You know, Texas A&M was ten to three at halftime. The Texas Kent State. The Texas Texas win? won easily. Texas won. I mean, Iowa State only won by six versus Northern Iowa. There were three points in the second half of that game. There was a lot of low-scoring games, it felt like. Like, I was yeah. looking around, like, people weren't scoring a lot of points, except for our two I scores. mean, Desmond Ritter looked good. Oregon looked shaky. Now he lost Thibodeau, bloodbath for Ohio State next weekend. Is UCLA um, back? So, UCLA so is back. They are this. back. They the got is so down that they're going to win the Pac-12. Yeah, but LSU also... Stunk last year. Their quarterback. I mean, Ed Ogeron, Ed Ogeron's the second most overrated coach in college football. So we all know this. It's fine. Jimmy. Probably first now, though, because Jim's Ooh, not Some are saying Grant's moving them up. Um, <laughs> Washington, we'll get to it later, but done. Oh, yeah. um, Evan, is, uh, I mean, is Tom Allen to football as Fran McCaffrey is to basketball in your mind? <laughs> that is a great comparison. <laughs> they both just nonstop yelling, just like hate life and they just love yelling for some reason at somebody so i think it's a great comparison and i'm all for it okay nice yeah because also it's like on your hate meter about the same level too like i don't you don't really like either of those guys yeah so yeah college football back i mean we'll know more each week we'll be interested to see what we'll preview the games obviously a little bit later in this podcast now we gotta shift to the money maker of everything in sports the nfl is back this week which Hasn't really sunk in yet. I don't know what day it's going to sink in. that We have NFL football. Probably Thursday, I guess, right? When the game's played. Duh. But I think what I'd like to do is do our finish our top 10 list, our top 25 list with, with our top 10. And then we can briefly touch about 
talk about the San Francisco 49ers game. Previews are kind of tough. I mean, I'm not a big preview guy. I like like reacting to things. I like because I don't know what's going to happen. I'm an idiot. I like to react to what happened and give my thoughts on that. But I do like this this whole list feature, and I'd love to close this puppy out. And yes, I for those wondering, I did come prepared this time with a full uh, final ten written out here. So, so since we're going with ten, do you want to each go five, 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 and then five, five, five? I don't know. What do you think? I think I think that's what we should do. That's why I said that. Okay. Yeah, I guess that makes sense. I don't think so you, that we don't just go one, one, one for ten people for time purposes yeah, too. Yeah. Too. So five, and then we just talk about your five. Yeah, I hate my top ten. Yeah. wait why i just wish i knew after i see the preseason it's just like well yeah oh yeah we didn't we didn't have time last time to talk about so i think alex led the group and players in his top 25 that didn't even make i have two guys that aren't even on the team so you had two cuts jelani and well that's on you i don't even feel bad for that that's one yeah i don't feel bad we, we all know that i had brashad perriman in my top 15 he is also not on the team so then you were the only person that had the guy in your top 15 to get cut you had brashad perriman close to the 15 maybe 16. let's see i had raymond he made a team akora aleem vitae yeah, 16 actually I, had. I did have brashad at 16. so did you Dang. and i haven't had him at 17. so I mean, we all had him all right. in the top 20. and you had to buy yeah, but I hate my top 10, so let's just get after it. All right, you start yours in. I love mine. Mine's edgy. Number 10, I have our rookie, Panay Sewell, and he looked like poop in the preseason, changing positions. So it's now like writing, I uh, feel bad about that. It's like writing cursive with the opposite hand. He, yep. he warned us. People warned us. <laughs> yeah, so now I don't feel very good about that. Number nine, I have Michael Brockers. Rocker Rockers. I love He's Brockers, a veteran. Man. He played well in LA. I don't feel that bad about that pick. He's been injured. He's just like a solid veteran player. Yep. Eight. I also have another veteran running back, Jamal Williams. I feel good about that. Swag daddy. He's a good player. Fan favorite. Gonna probably play a lot of Swift. I saw Swift today is going to be playing week yep. one. So you're breaking that news. Breaking news. I mean, that's my rumor of the week. That's huge, actually. Uh, seven. I have Taylor Decker. Nice. He, in my opinion, is our second best offensive lineman. Surprised you that he's ended up that high because you, well, in our personal discussions, you never have seen that big on. I really liked show. him his first year or two. He had that one bad year, and Evan got in my head about him because he really, Evan really thought he was terrible. So he got in my head about it. But, you know, he played all right last year. So he, uh, on a bad team, he's number seven. And then six, you guys are probably going to hate this pick, but I'm basing this more on like potential, and I think he's going to have a really good bounce back year. Trey Flowers, defensive end. I think uh, I think he's due for, for a big year. It. I knew Evan wouldn't like that, but I think he's due for a big year. He was my 15th rate player, so yeah, that's a gap. Yeah. Okay. I'm trying to digest. So we had offensive lineman, defense. We had a line. No. Do you want me to just read them back? Yeah. Panay, Brockers, Williams, Decker, Flowers. I guess a little bit surprised by Jamal Williams. You guys had him just outside the top 10, so I don't think that should be that big of a surprise. Top 10's rarefied error. I have certified studs in my top 10. Not on the Detroit Lions. Yes, I do. Well, without further ado. Jack Fox, number 10. You make an all-pro team, you make my top 10. Simple as that. Uh, punting, I know, whatever, but... There's a case to be made he could be one of the most important players on the team this year with how 
future our offense could be. Number nine, the second best, probably first best wide receiver on our team, Amonra St. Brown, rookie, going to step onto the scene hot. I would just take like Justin Jefferson's performance last year and maybe cut it in half. Like so, like I'm expecting at least 500 yards out of this kid and whatever how many receptions that equals. But I would almost be comfortable guaranteeing 500 yards and four touchdowns out of a Monroe St. Brown this year. Put it on the books. Would not be stunned if he got to 750. Kid's an animal. Uh, I.e. see his jugs machine catching after practice, like Evan pointed out. Now, number eight, another young gun. Sophomore, Jeff Okuda. Bounce back potential comeback player of the year in the NFL. Give him the trophy now. Just kidding, Dak Prescott will win that. I don't really know how many picks he'll end up with. Uh, 17-game season, at least five picks sounds right. He's going to be out there flying, making plays. He's going to be making Daxton Hill S plays on screen screen plays when he just blows up guys and goes and make uh, you know, tackles at the knees on skill players. So shout out to Jeff Okuda for having a comeback player of the year potential season this year. Then we have at seven, then the linebacking stalwart known as Jamie Collins. I mean, like Evan said, just someone has to tackle people on this football team. And as a linebacker, you're involved in a lot of stuff. He's a veteran guy. Single digit number guy. Um, he's been around a block. His single digit is going to drive old folks crazy, but they don't understand swag and the importance of numbers. Jamie Collins is going to be flying. Now, I wouldn't say flying. I don't think he moves that fast. He's going to be moving. He's going to be uh, thundering around the field this season. Ford Field. And then I have six just outside the top five. Sorry about it, but I had to. Taylor Decker. I guess just ditto what Alex said. I've I've always um, been a little bit higher on him, I think, than some people. But I, I don't know. He's a left tackle. He's protecting a quarterback's blind side. He's a respected, solid lineman in this league, and that's very important. So Jack Fox, Amonra St. Brown, Jeff Okuda, Jamie Collins, Taylor Decker. Adam Top. My 10 through 6. Number 10, I have Tracy Walker. Wow. Uh, he's a leader Love in the that. secondary, the safety. He's probably our best secondary player as of right now. Um, number Good 9, caveat. I have Tyra Williams. Um, he's higher up on this list because right now he's the number one wide receiver on the outside, not the number one slot, number one wide receiver on the outside. He's experienced. He's done in the past. He's a deep play, deep play threat. Um, like his speed. And as long as he can stay healthy, I think he'll have a decent connection with Goff. Um, number eight, I have Michael Brockers. Like Alex said, he's a veteran, solid defense player up front. And I think he's much needed with his defense. Um, number seven, I have Piani Suwell. I always say his name wrong. So he's at seven. <laughs> Panini, <laughs> Panini Pasta Suwell. He's at seven. Um, now you feel bad about just it. Just a rookie. He potentially could be higher. Um, when I was making my list, I almost put him up in my top four. But that was – we were making a list right after the draft, and so it was coming off like a little bit of a high. Um, but he settled at seven. Right tackle. Hopefully he improves throughout the year. Um, number six, hate to do it, but I have Taylor Decker. This is our top we Lions players. And so he has to be somewhere. So he is six, left tackle. He's played solid. It's not flashy left tackle play. He's just like a solid player. It's nothing to write home about. He's just a decent, decent player. He's got cool tattoos. So my top 10, well, my 10 through six again, I have 10 at Tracy Walker, nine is Tyra Williams, Michael Brockers, Sewell, and Decker lead off 
so six and seven. Seven hundred and seventy-nine receiving yards for Tyra Williams this year feels. I think he goes cool. over a thousand. Do you really? I really do think that. That is health pending. Insane. Ah, uh, he he had over a thousand. Because that means the now. Lions will have two one thousand yard pass catchers, and you think that's going to happen? Well, you just said five hundred for Amonra, so three. Quintez. Monra and Hawkinson are definitely getting a thousand. Ah, he's not a receiver. If a Monra gets a thousand, oh. All right. You want me to go? Or yeah, it's only right. So number five, <laughs> I have the heart and soul of the offense. My favorite player on the team, Jared Goff, quarterback. Uh, I wanted to put him higher, but I just couldn't because the other guys are better. You can be wearing his jersey on Sunday. Of course. of course, you almost have to like have the QB like in your top five. Really, it'd be no yeah, you'd be an even worse team if your quarterback wasn't in the top five. Um, so number four, I have stand-up edge rusher Romeo Aquara. Had a great year last year. Had no issues getting to the quarterback. Um, I was gonna put him higher on the list, but my like fanboy swag. Ratings in my head went off, and that's why he's at four, not three. A big part of the uh, Gillen ranking index. Which number three is DeAndre Swift. He's probably not worthy of being in the top three yet, but I'm basing it on him going bananas this year. I also didn't know he's going to be hurt all preseason, so that kind of hurts. But, you know, he's swaggy and sweet, so I think he's going to be awesome. Three. Now, number two, Evan just mentioned him, TJ Hawk Daddy Hawkinson. He's going to be sweet. He's going to be the only guy catching balls on the team, basically, minus Ty- Tyrell Williams, 1,000 yards receiving. Oh, receiving. He uh, he was in the NFL top 100, so I feel very good about uh, him being two. And then my number one player on the Lions was not in the NFL top 100, which is a tragedy. Center, Frank Ragnow. I mean, he's Captain he, he is Detroit. Toughness, gritty. He Was he all pro? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, yeah. he he's an absolute stud. You're just not getting past him, and you're not getting around him. He's probably going to put you on the ground. So Our team's Jeff Saturday. He's the best player on the Lions, and I think it is a wide gap. Well, and it's... Well, Grant, wait, Grant, before you go, um, I should probably just throw mine out there because my top five is the same exact top five as Alex. Well, wow. let me stop you right there. My top five is the same exact thing as both of yours. Oh my gosh! There's yeah. no way. Oh my god! Let's go. Well, I don't know what that means. I mean, it's, I think, think we're lying. All in the same order. I was just thinking, like, as crazy and different as our whole top twenties had been to this point, <laughs> yeah, that we all of the same top die. five. Wow! Yeah, I did. I'll tell you what. When did I do? I did this list back in. Yeah, and we did them at all different times. I did mine like. The first show. I thought we were revealing all 25. I did my yes. top 10 today. So show number 27. So whenever that was. so Nine weeks ago was or more. The Ten end weeks. of June. 10 weeks ago. The wow. end of June. I did that. Same. I don't. Nice. When you talked, I don't have a crazy amount to add, really. I mean, I oh. Swift maybe could have been higher if he didn't have this injury bug around him. Um, well, I did that before he was injured. But I don't know. Did you ever- My only thing is, like, people might want, like, Swift and Hawkinson higher than Ragnow just because they're position players. Wrong. The fanboy swag um, index. Wrong. Yeah, like, the fan- the fanboy swag. Like, the, the sexy picks, like, they're the ones that score on the touchdowns. But right now, when it comes down to it, he is probably grades out as, like, the best player on the team. Easily. Um, 
Okwara had a really good year last year, led the team in sacks. And then obviously Goff, he is in the top five. As much as I don't like him on the roster, he's a decent quarterback. He can game manage, and he's played in the Super Bowl. So, Bananas, we all have the same top five. Yeah. But maybe not. I mean, because four of them are pretty much locks. I guess you could argue Jared Goff could be moved back maybe, but he's our quarterback, so I don't know. Well, look at us. I hope Romeo doesn't rest on his new contract. I hope he gets after it this year. He will. He's my guy. We talk. <laughs> okay, so we take that talented top 10 team, <laughs> and we play uh, – I don't really know all the like big season odds, but got to be one of the t- I mean, top-tier NFC like favorites to potentially win it all. I, I caveated that a million times. I would say the 49ers are going to be a good football team this year, and they probably are on a lot of bet slips to win the NFC. So, yeah. A very good team. Good division. And we're home, though. 1 p.m. Fox. Uh, Evan, do you want to do the announcing thing for the NFL as well? you feel comfortable with those wow, crews? That is a just a cluster. 1 p.m. on Fox. I don't even know the no, pairings. Is that the guy? It's the fact that we get the... We're America's game of the week. No, we're not. It's the Packers and Saints get Joe Buck and Troy Aikman, and then it like trickles down from there. Um, you still have whatever his name is. He's like a host, but somehow he calls games. He has the second best, second best game. We're probably gonna get like Mark Slareth and the super eighty year old guy, whoever's calls games with him. Dick. I think he's like, I don't know his name. I think his name's Dick. Yeah, I think it just You don't have to bleep that. It's just his name. Right. So Mark Schreth. All right. Yeah, I don't really know all the pairings. I know they changed, but I so we'll see. Dick. We'll know we'll know the predictions will well, you're two for two, so they may not get better. But we'll see. You'll yeah. know at least you'll know the pairings after this weekend. Um yeah, like I said, one PM Fox at Ford Field going to be a, an electric atmosphere. Minus seven and a half spread for the 49ers, over under at forty-five. Uh, which is like pretty l- on the lower scoring end for NFL, I would say. My thoughts are pretty simple. Again, I'm not a huge preview guy. I don't. Uh, you just gotta see him play. I say say even with Jimmy G starting because I think that's still the plan, uh, despite all the um, hubbub, the the buzz for Trey Lance. We're gonna struggle to stop the run because that's what Kyle Shanahan teams do, and I know they lost some running backs. I think Raheem Morris is, is still the guy there. And I believe Tra- that's a Raheem Morris. Yep. Yeah. Raheem Mostert is the guy there. Uh, Trey Sermon, I believe, is the backup. And they have Jermichael Hasty, a little fa- fantasy football player. Remember him for like one week because he had a good week. And basically, what I'm saying is whoever you plug in as RB1 is going to be good. They just all have injury problems. And that was the story of 49ers last year. Their defense is pretty much all healthy. Again, you got like Eric Armstead, Bosa, just Bosa is just going to be. Dude, imagine being Panay Sewell and having Bosa lined up across from you from game one. It's not going to go well. That's nightmare fuel. It's probably going to be a Jeff Okuda vibe if he gets torched on a few plays and how we, those clips just go around the internet. So just prepare yourself for that now, uh, Lions fans. And then their secondary is nice. They got a, a great linebacking core. Their offensive line is really solid, so we're not going to get pressure on them, I don't think, like that, that well. And if their receivers are healthy, they have – uh, injury problems as well but if they're healthy they're one of the most like athletic duo in the league and that's not even mentioning george kittle so yeah we're gonna be in one in my opinion 
on Sunday. And I like for all the people, if anyone tries to tell you it's like a, you know, 1 p.m. kids they're traveling from San Francisco, they're not going to be like ready West Coast coming over. This is like, the NFL. No, I think they're going this to. This is their job. I think they're going to run us over. My prediction and preview is very brief. It's not going to be close. Lions are not a good football team yet. 49ers are a good football team. They just got hurt last year. I would take the Niners with the points pretty pretty easily. I mean, I wouldn't even be worried if I was a 49ers fan. I'm worried about how bad the Lions are going to look on Sunday. But I'll still root for them. Yeah, you know, um, <laughs> when one team can't – well, we can't. We couldn't stop the run last year. And when one team just doesn't stop running, it's not going to go well. Um, yeah, I, I hope we look improved. I think we will look improved with the new coaching staff. Um, but the talent on the roster isn't there yet. The depth on the roster isn't there yet. This is going to be a rebuilding year. I thought we'd look better in the preseason. Um, but we just haven't done that. <laughs> um, so I wrote three keys that the Lions want to win this game. Okay. You know, diehard Lions fan, if they yeah. want to win this year, three keys. Give them to me. Um, number one, obviously just said it, stop the run. you got to limit the run game. Okay. No explosive long runs from Mostert. And number two, play action pass. Everybody's going to know you're going to try to run the ball, one-dimensional team. So that play action pass has to come in well-timed and executed well. I'm not saying it has to be thrown to Hawkinson and play action pass. But I think play action pass has to be used greatly in this situation, especially with the pass rush that they have. Number two, I said keep golf clean. Number three, last one, keep golf clean. So even when it passing down situations, we don't want them to get sacked a lot. Um, we have a good offensive line, but are they built for the run game or the pass game? We're about to find out. Pray for Penne. <laughs> He's going to have a tough matchup. He might look really bad, and everyone just needs to be warned that he's going against an all-pro. And if you're getting sacked, Jared, please hold on to the football, which you've struggled with in the past. Small hands. Uh, <laughs> he does have small hands. Yeah, he does. Yeah, I have. I, I actually, when you were talking there, Evan, about the whole running thing, I was like, this is easiest way to sum it up. Like, San Francisco is going to do to us what Michigan State did to Northwestern. The stat line could be similar. Maybe not 200-something yards for Moster, but uh, it's going to be bad. And I don't know if we're going to ever feel like we're really in this game. I have San Francisco winning this one 31-17. to 35-10. Ooh, yeah, I'm, I'm right there. I'll say, yeah. Ooh, shoot. I'll say 29-13. to Two-point conversion in there. Uh, you know, we'll find out. Probably safe. That's like one of those, like, uh, when Boomer was on ESPN still, like his predictions for games, he always did, like, random non-football numbers. 29, 13. Well, I will say one of those touchdowns is going to be a sweet, like, 40-yard slot uh, Amon or St. Brown connection. So that's going to be fun to watch on highlights. That's probably how we get to 17. Towards the end of the game, we're taking a break on defense. Bomb. Slot shot. You know, Alex, do you want to do Boomer Mill 7 of the week? No. Okay. You know what? Breaking news, we're going to scrap it. And you just have to come back better than ever next week. And you I'll, know I'll for bring sure next week. You know for sure it's happening. Yeah. Um, That's on me. But with that being said, then, this whole show is presented by Codes Apparel. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. Shout out that. Okay. Main topic three. Let's close this baby out like, with more previews. Again, I'm not great at this. I, I feel like I, it's also tough with the lines. It's nothing against them. 
it's like we just had a, like a fun experience of watching our college team plays and they both did well and it's like you think about the lions and it's just depressing can't <laughs> so, even get excited. Like, I'm, I'm more excited to preview like the college games at least at this point um we can start with your guys's this time again i did it in order of like i think you know importance of games so we have michigan state versus youngstown state should be a blowout um i'm going to go ahead and label this one a must win for you guys i'm not sure if you guys feel the same way but i am doing my must win tracker index throughout the year so there's a must win game for michigan state last week was not this week is a must win i don't really know much about youngstown state we chopped them because they lost to butler also briefly butler um was like 45 point underdogs this weekend lost 49 to 7 great teams cover good teams win Great. No. Yeah. Good teams win. Great teams cover. I forget what FCS team they played, but it was basically a pay us game. And we just went there and scored a touchdown. So shout out them. Um, I was looking at the FCS rankings. Youngstown State is not ranked in the top 25, which was surprising because I, I just know them as like a good FCS program. One in six last year. One in six last year. Yikes. Which makes, okay, which makes it even more suspicious. Not to get, I'm getting too carried away here. It is a... Noon kick, correct? Noon kick, 19 points. BTN. I have it right now as a 19 and a half point spread. Could be 20 and a half. It opened at 20 Probably and a half. rising. So people have bet it down to 19 and a half. A lot of money going on Youngstown State. Uh, Evan, BTN noon announcers. What are we thinking here? Oh, I don't even know who the noon announcers on BTN are anymore. Yeah, that's um, just not a fair question. Um, I don't think it'll be anybody good. Me neither. Well, but no it is the BTN tailgate show live from East Lansing on Saturday. Are they really? Yeah. That doesn't mean anything. That's awesome. You guys should go, go around to every single school. That doesn't mean anything. I'm just saying, you know, it's something to do. Um, you don't have to get one. And I know that's, that's a tough time slot. But you guys will be in attendance, both of you, right? Most importantly. Yeah, yes, I will. So without Live from Spartan Stadium for the first time in over two years, I am returning home. I'm coming home. Label it. Maybe we'll get active on the, the Instagram stories from the tailgate. You get to see uh, Spartan Stadium at uh, the East Lansing tailgate atmosphere. You know, I was trying to grind that in Chicago and just the connection and like. Yeah, it was the first time you've ever logged in. Figured it out. And when you just get carried away of having like a good time, you're not thinking like, oh, I need to like. Yeah, we'll see how we do. Fevin reminds yeah. me. But more importantly, you know, you guys will be there. So your thoughts on the game. Um, this primetime matchup? Uh, number one, they're going to win. Uh, I would like to see a lot of backups. It's a good game to get everyone in the game. For, could be the first look at Russo. Should see be. how our backup queue looks. See how uh, some of the – I'd like to see Chester Kimbrough a bit. I'd like to see the backup running backs, like Evan said, and then just see the young guys. we got maybe some Keon Coleman action. Mm. Got a Michigan sports athlete. Mm-hmm. And Loves his yeah, it's going to be fun. Tailgating is going to be more fun than the game, probably. I think this game's more about just the atmosphere than it is the X's and O's. Just getting back in Spartan Stadium. I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, not too much to talk about. Um, we're expected to win. We should win. It's going to be nice. This is Mel Tucker's first home game for a full crowd. Um, it's supposed to be 79 and sunny at kickoff. Beautiful. Sweaty. Just an absolutely love fest there. <laughs> Um, uh, X's and O's, like Alex said, I'd like to see some of the backups play. Russo get some time. Um, some of the second string guys get some time. Elijah Collins, I've seen him get a couple of handoffs. Uh, ESPN, 
Football Power Index, Michigan State has a 98.3% chance to win. Uh, Youngstown State, 1.7. So they do have a chance. They went into overtime last week. Incarnate um, World. Yep. Incarnate world. They won 44-41. to So both teams undefeated. Love to see it. And Youngstown State did not throw the ball that often when they scored 44 points. They threw the ball a total of 12 times, at least with their quarterback on here. But they did have a running back rush for 242 yards. Stop the run. We're better than them. That's how it's going to go. Oh, and Projection that. or game prediction, yeah. I'm predicting 45 to 13. I'll go 52-10. Wow. I think they're going to obliterate them. Despite the alarmingly kind of closer spread than you'd think, I'm willing to say if Youngstown State, the Penguins pull off the upset, it'll be the biggest college football upset uh, history-wise. <laughs> Yes, this will be your Appalachian State if it were to happen, but it won't. We um, were fifth in the country at that time. Yeah, it was disgusting. Uh, <laughs> but you guys are the best running back in the country, so it kind of works out the same. True. The only thing I have for preview-wise is I'm fascinated to see how the introduction sequence at Spartan Stadium changes from the old regime. Like, does Thunderstruck still Thunderstruck's get played? Um, Reports are that breaking it is that out. Thunderstruck is out. Will they do Spartans? What is your profession? Will they still do it's a great day for football? No, that guy oh, that's gonna be so loud. That is gonna be so that loud. That guy retired. It's a beautiful day for football. Play is recording, the guy who says that retired. And it's a beautiful day. You don't think they're gonna just gonna play the recording could be the end of it. You might never know again. Well, I'm fascinated here in the, in the next week's so like how was how was it all? They just remember to take mental notes on the intro sequence. I'm just fascinated to see how it changes. Um and also I think was I'm thinking that could be a good little piece for Instagram. Could be the boys doing an ice cream sandwich review oh. now that your long awaited ice cream sandwiches have returned to Spartan Stadium. We can do that. I can't wait. The, I can't wait for that. The like moo, the, the cow thing, they're back, I guess. The holdout's over. Melting moments is back. <laughs> Melting moments. <laughs> yeah, I, it's going to be a bloodbath. I think it's going to be Michigan State 49, Youngstown State 13. Oh. Same as that. Was it? They had 45. I have 45. 45-13 is my prediction. I have my Michigan preview ready if you want me to do. It's like two sentences. Yeah, well, I got TF Avenue for the whole. So then we have Michigan versus Washington. What was supposed to be hype has lost some serious buzz out of it. Uh, thanks a lot, Washington. Um, shout out, Montana. <laughs> uh, 8 p.m. ABC kickoff. Announcers, Evan. Who did the Alabama game last week? I never like heard the announcers of that game. Bob did you guys ever hear? Was it McDonough? Wouldn't it be McDonough? The Alabama game. I don't think it was McDonough. I don't know. I can tell you. Two I think this is a layup, though. I don't know why you're asking that. I think it's Herbstreit. I don't think. I think Herbstreit might stay. Actually, this might be a time where they stay and they do the, like the afternoon day. No. No, because the big it's afternoon eight, it's game is nine versus ten on game day. It's on Fox. Uh, Sean McDonough, Todd Blackledge, and Molly McGrath were the Alabama. No, I'm saying the game day game is Iowa, Iowa State, and that game's on ABC at 430. Like, Herb Street and Chris Ball no, might be that game's that on game. Fox. That's 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 be on Fox, That right? game's on Fox, Evan. Game's on ABC. ABC doesn't do 430 kicks. They don't do 430 kicks. That's why Michigan game's on at 8, not 730. Oh, my God. If this is true, this would break my brain. <laughs> Alex, please confirm. It should. I'm going to try ESPN, but again, we know how that what that does to your, to your computer. Alex is on some sweaty, like, announcing Twitter page. 
What am I looking for? Iowa. Iowa what State. is the four thirty game on next week? Is what you're looking for, dude? I'd be stunned. When if, when is when is ESPN and ABC or four thirty? ABC. Yeah, I'm gonna guess. Well, sh- well first of all, shout out Evan for for that that call. Evan's just good at this. Yeah, I think he actually might stay there. Yeah, you're right. He's definitely staying there. Well, they, I guess. So then, is it Shawnee McBuckets and the gang? I uh, I think they might get an uh, McDonough was the Alabama Miami game. McDonough, where's McDonough gonna go? They might just recycle Orlovsky. They might just have Orlovsky just stay. No, Orlovsky would be a day game because there's that Texas Arkansas game at seven on ESPN. Yeah, but Joe Tessitore did the Sunday night game. So Joe Tessitore, see between Tessitore and McDonough, one of those two guys will be doing the primetime game, and I'm gonna guess Tessitore will be in Ann Arbor for that game. Ew. I like this. He always just makes things a little little, too much. Way more exciting than they really are. But sometimes you need that. Yeah, Um, because then I have a feeling McDonough would be the 7 o'clock on ESPN. So we have that set up, uh, which leads us right into Alex's uh, less than one minute preview. Uh, Washington stunk. They lost to Montana at home. Three of their best receivers are out. Yeah, I did see that. Michigan looked all right. Michigan's a better team. Big House will be rocking. They had a lot of fans for the Western game. I expect it to be full capacity. Isn't it a yellow maze out or whatever? Pee out. It's a maze out. You it's know pee it. out. Don't, be, don't do that. That's like, that's like when Belcher. Pee out. That's like when Belcher. Pee out. We're doing a pee out. <laughs> when Belcher's like, oh, that's Snap Face or Twitter Gram. Like, you, you know it's a maze out. Michigan wins 31-21, and everyone overreacts to Michigan winning, and they jump into the top 25, and I get to listen to Grant tell me that they're going to the playoff. Don't loop me in with the the uh, the common folk of thirty of overreacting to a 31-21 score. I would not. Michigan wins. Easy. Not even close. Start. It's a wire-to-wire win. Evan? Inject it. So... Um, I have some game notes. This is based off of what I've heard. Washington's top three wide receivers were out of the Montana game as well. The number four wide receiver, so the game's number one wide receiver, got injured early in the Montana game. He So he was out. So they were down the top four wide receivers. And I guess like their top running back, Washington's top running back, that was like highly recruited and like pretty good nationally like ranked or whatever. Um, he did not play at all versus Montana for some reason. And so they had the backup and their new QB threw three interceptions versus the Grizz kind of ugly. I was expecting Washington to perform better than that. So Mays out in Ann Arbor night game. How many night games does Michigan really get? Washington traveling across the country, their team dynamics, new coach. I think Michigan's going to easily handle this game. I think I'm, I'm projecting like it'd be like the Notre Dame game from two years ago. Or was close early blowout the rest of the game. So I'm projecting like 42 to like 14 Michigan. Wow, Grant will really be draining and the Kool-Aid. Like this was like two weeks ago when I said Michigan would lose this game and go six and six on the year. But I, I just can't this it's crazy. I don't know what Washington's gonna have to do in their locker room to like group and like travel away across country and upset a team. So I got Michigan easily in this game. It's crazy how things can change in college football. Huge um, preview guy, Grant. I don't have that much. Uh, I will say Montana is ranked fourth in the FCS. So they were previously nine. So they did come into the season as a good FCS team. 
Now, you score seven points in the first quarter and you don't score again. It's pretty embarrassing to lose that game. Your head coach's name is Jimmy Lake, which is just a name I can't get behind. I don't really know that many players on a team, but I they returned 18 starters. Now, some of them obviously have gotten hurt, like Evan said. Giles Jackson revenge game. Oh. Um, so that that he might return the gonna, opening kick for their only gonna, points of the game. He's going to be playing a lot. If he does, that'd be if he returns the opening kick, that'd be sad boy hours and like nightmare hours for a second. I don't know. I wouldn't. I'm going to tell you this. I learned my lesson from last year with the Michigan State game. This game could be scary. I'm not. I'm not even joking. Like because there is something to be said, and Michigan openly said um, in their off season that they spent a lot of time preparing stuff for this game. They like, you know, that you expect to beat Western. You spend a lot of practice time specifically talking about Washington. You know, for a fact, Washington may have done that way too much, obviously, with losing to Montana. There's a chance that this is the old Mel Tucker, put your foot in the ground. We are going to win game two. We we're going to focus on this game. And they, I would like, so with Alex said, I would not be surprised if this was, you know, a much closer game than we think. Right now, it's my minus six and a half, which makes me think Vegas knows it's going to be a closer game because. Based on the outcomes and how the Michigan-Michigan State spread was last year, you would think this would be like a 15-14 point spread. So that is nervous. That is nerve-wracking. It also, crazy enough, opened as a minus one and a half point spread. That actually makes me want to puke. I'm super nervous now, guys. Actually, I did a complete 180 in my head. Now I feel like it's going to be a they lot lost closer. Month. But why would Vegas have it at minus one and a half oh, to open? God. Here we go. Grant's, it's a pick 'em. Grant's just getting prepared in case they lose, but they're not going to. With all that being classic. said, because they, they're just trying to make money, so they're going to set a spread not too extreme. And it's the prime time players. game. They now want you see people the to money's falling. They want people to the watch yeah. the points. The money going down on Michigan to move the spread five points. Big, oh, it's only five points, but you know how much money that is. It's like, like. Is dramatically people are hammering Michigan to move that point spread five points. Yeah, but also like, just in three days. Michigan and Notre Dame have those like big public dummy fan bases that will just throw money on their team regardless. So it, it makes me nervous. It was that close. I'm trying to create bus. I think I don't. Well, I don't think we're going to score as much as we did against Western. So maybe like thirty-eight ish points. So I'll go thirty-eight to ten. Because so if you score that, and then so if you they're going to destroy it. If you score seven against, yeah, but now I'm more like nervous about it. I'm still going to be confident, irrational, 38-10. If you score seven points against Montana, like what? Michigan really only gave up one touchdown. That first drive was an unsportsmanlike conduct when we had it on third and ten. Like I don't think Western would have scored that drive uh, if it wasn't for that penalty. So it was like one like legitimate like touchdown. So 38-10 feels right for that. My only other points about this game, uh, I'm just going to summarize based on what this, I see this tweet uh, by T. Will Season, shout out him. If you show up to the big house on Saturday and anything but maze, you should be arrested. I want to stand behind that. It's super easy. You can buy $3 t-shirts. I'm discovering from following Michigan Twitter on our on our account the last couple weeks that there is a growing sentiment that in the big house is a bunch of old people that go, that yell at people to sit down and stop cheering. And uh, those people yeah, should be... You know, those people should be booted out of the stadium, and I better see like a all maze aerial shot when I sit down on the couch to watch this game. And it's just it's just annoying. There's also a couple of, couple of just two rants before I we close things out here. There's a guy I, I don't know his name. I wish I could find it so everyone could go tell him he's a loser. Wrote an article that basically Giles Jackson leaving like set up the Ronnie Bell ACL injury. 
Like it's like, dude, shut up. Like you're exactly he's like, oh, they lost their punt returner, and then you make Ryan. Super Bell. extreme. And all the people, all those people that were questioning Harbaugh for having Ronnie Bell be your punt returner are stupid and don't watch football because guess what? Desmond Howard returned punts. Jane Reed's our punt Jane Reed returns punts. Uh, Charles Woodson returned punts. Ever heard of them? They 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 won Heisman's. So it's like your best players in college were like do everything. Okay, you can't blame one freak injury on someone for like being a punt returner. So also be quiet, delete your account if you're one of those people. And then lastly, the, the for the Michigan fans that are like uh, that took that awesome Mr. Brightside clip and like this song stinks. Like we need to get rid of it. Piss off, like. I don't understand people just have to hate on anything that seems cool. Yeah, we can agree. Like, maybe it's not like when I think about sports, I don't think about the song Mr. Brightside as a pump up song, but it's obviously something that organically happened through the fan base. And if that's going to be like your third quarter into fourth quarter song or the whole, you can get a hundred thousand people to actually sing along, enjoy it and stop like crapping on it. And like people were saying some of the players don't like it. Like some of the players are going to like it. So it's just so dumb. People are so dumb. It's my big point. I hope we just win handedly. Everyone, you don't need up. to worry about that stuff. Stop no, you do. You do because you, you don't need to. Even you can't have a stadium that big and have all these problems and not be like a. It's never been like a really. It's it's been rowdy, but it's never been like week in and week out like a really devastating place to play. And it needs to be that one day for this program to actually be like really feared. So if you don't wear ways, all right, arrest, arrest on site. Uh, that's pretty much it for the show. That is actually it. One scheduling note I wanted to say is that. Our goal going forward is to record earlier in the week, so like maybe a Sunday night, not Mondays off. So mainly, we're going to try to be recording Sundays from now on. This was a little different because of the holiday weekend, because we want to get you those takes as early as possible in the week, because, you know, obviously recapping a game that happened a couple of days ago gets kind of old. So look out for that. Um, and if, like I said, if you're worried about any other, just be prepared for the next couple of months for like the Pistons and Tigers to fly under the radar and Red Wings, like the Pistons made a trade, but... You're not going to hear much analysis on that right now because other things are going on, a.k.a. football. Um, at Shot of MS, follow us on any social accounts. Shot of Michigan Sports for TikTok. The Gmail is shotofmichigansports at gmail.com. The social accounts are the best place to find clips or like quote graphics. Might start doing some graphics for our predictions, like a running tally. I think that'd be pretty cool to see how we do, you know, as the year goes on, any hot takes you have. Um, and you can see our lines list graphic in person on the social accounts. Um, how you can listen to Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and YouTube, depending on where you listen. Please like it, review it, subscribe to it, share the link to a friend on it. Any ratings or reviews would also be greatly appreciated. And then lastly, submit any questions or any observations to the show, either on the social accounts or that email. Um, with all that being said, cheers to episode 36. And my side cheers will be to everyone coordinating and wearing maze for Saturday's game. Cheers to uh, whatever bar Evan and I watch Michigan game in. And then also cheers to our tailgate and to the football game. We, I, we were so bad. Just, the bars were back. And just weekend. maybe cheers, <laughs> cheers to, to fancy football being back. How bad are we going to get on Friday before the game? Are we going to ruin Saturday morning like we always do? That's just the biggest question. Yeah, we are. Absolutely. <laughs> See you at Lujas. See the boys at Luhas. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>